Welcome to the Fierce Joy Podcast. I'm Anastasia, a holistic health coach, yoga instructor, entrepreneur, and a mother to far too many children. Life is too short to feel overwhelmed by too many things and too many people pulling you in too many directions. This is a space to have honest conversations with women and about life so that you can lead with strength, freedom, and joy and go out into the world and do all the amazing things that you're here to do without losing your mind. Oh, and have some friggin' fun along the way. This is it. This is your life. Hello and welcome. Today I am very excited to have Shayla on the podcast and she is a new-ish mom who questions everything, supports every mama making decisions with love and sharing what she's learning about the wild freaking ride called motherhood. (laughs) She keeps it light with a sprinkle of humor and fists full of reality and moves with a positive, intuitive, and minimalistic approach. If you can relate to her, then you are part of her tribe. Let's raise good humans. So welcome today. Thank you. I'm super excited. Um, So I would just love for people that, I mean, you have a ton of followers, but for the people that (laughs) don't know you, you know, you are taking up space in um, this virtual platform and sharing your journey as a mother, And what I loved about you and was interested in talking about you is you just do a really nice job of being honest and vulnerable, the good, the bad, and and everything in between. Thank Um, you. So putting you totally on the spot, like, just tell me, tell me about yourself. Yeah. The best question that you could ask anybody. (laughs) That question isn't as bad as like, oh, what do you do? If you had asked me that, I'd be like, we're done. I'm out of (laughs) here. I want to tell you about myself. So I started... Um, I mean, you kind of mentioned I have a little bit of a following, but it's, I started on YouTube five years ago, traveling full time. And so I was just kind of like going to different spots and, and my friends were like, you should start a blog and talk about where you are and what you're doing. And I was like, I don't really like writing. I don't really like, I'm not, if you follow me on Instagram, there are typos. I call them typos. They're like misspelling sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so embarrassing. Uh, Siri voice got it wrong. And really, I just, ugh. So um, somebody suggested video and I was like, oh yeah, I can tell a story. I can do that. That's no, I don't have to spell anything there. (laughs) And so I started a YouTube channel and just kind of like talked about my journey. And in the process, I started in 2015 and in the process I learned about SEO and I learned about how to make videos and about editing and about lighting and all the things that you need to learn about. Cause it's not just, oh cool. You put up a video. Like woof there's a lot that goes behind that so i kind of just the purpose of that was to get people to not be afraid of travel and to not think that it was something that only super rich people could do and then when i became a mother when i became pregnant i was not traveling as much covid was happening and i just completely was like all in on that and my channel switched to basically a momming channel of things that I was learning, things that are crazy about motherhood and just trying to validate everyone in their experience of just like, yeah, this is weird. It's kind of hard. It's different for everyone, but we're all doing it and we're all doing great even when we don't feel like we are. And so that's kind of where it's at right now. And I'm, I'm digging it. I'm really liking it. When I, I guess I don't know this about you. Like when did you get pregnant with your daughter? Were you traveling and then had to make a choice or did COVID happen and a choice was made for you? No, it was, I mean, it was a, a surprise blessing. That's what oh, that was. I've, I've never had three of those. I can't oh, imagine what that would be like. <laughs> I don't know how these things work. <laughs> I, I know. I remember it because I was doing the natural method and I was tracking everything and I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, but like, here we go. My name is Shayla and my cycles are about 26 days to 40 days. Like they are all over the place. So I was like, oh no, we're fine. And we are fine. Everything's (laughs) fine. I always think when people say fine, like we're fine. We're totally fine. I mean, we're like the panic, like the high voice that keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I think our like fifth date was me being in, wait, shh who's listening. I think my fifth date was me being in the stirrups at the gyno, like 
So you're pregnant. Do you have any STDs? Do you have any other children? Do you know what your partner does for a living? I was like, we haven't covered this yet. I'm just kidding. It was our sixth date. We really knew each other well. That's a joke. It wasn't five. It was six. Or maybe like six and a half. We'd gone away for a weekend together. Oh, yeah. That comes to the feeling. Oh my gosh, so funny. Yeah, well, and like, don't you wish that you could talk to that girl in the straps that day and be like, girl, you're going to take care of this. Everything's going to be fine. It's fine. You know, I think there's like, I think this is my message with women in general, but like there's this moment of chaos and panic, or maybe that's me, but, and then it's like you settle and you can hear your own wisdom because I went through all the options myself. Like, I don't know what this relationship will be. But mm-hmm. do I want to have a baby or not? Am I having an abortion or an adoption or like, you know, like take, like I just went through like pause. And yeah. then it was funny that nobody told me anything, but everything settled. And it was like, oh, I know the answer to this question. And I didn't ask anyone else. I didn't, even my partner, it was like, this is what I'm doing. Uh-huh. I invite you <laughs> along for the journey and I would love <laughs> to have you there. Yeah, <laughs> but there's you know there's this interesting thing that happens when you get quiet and grounded and subtle and can hear that intuitive voice um, that we sometimes miss a little bit. Yeah, I definitely went from like panicking. Cr- I don't know if I cried. I don't remember, but I was just like, oh my! I thought I turned off all my. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> it might happen again because I don't know how to turn. I don't that know off. how. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then it definitely like in the next couple of days, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got this. We can do this. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the initial question was though. I don't know. It was about traveling. Oh. <laughs> so, so it was a surprise. And um, what had happened was we had come, we had been back in Minnesota. We were traveling and then we were back in Minnesota for like a year. And uh, my partner was getting a job that was more, in Minnesota, like more stationary, I guess. I don't know. And I was like, okay. So I was already going through a little bit of a, okay, so we're here now. Like, is this, this is, this is it. So then when we got pregnant, I was like, yep, this is, this is it. (laughs) So you you went from traveling the world Mm -hmm. to being stationary and with a partner Mm -hmm. and with a baby. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So like minor things, just minor changes all at once that I just, just you know, life. Mm -hmm. So what was like the biggest shock or transition outside of a surprise pregnancy, um, from transitioning to this freedom and this curiosity and excitement that comes from travel to, Oh, now we're here. We're right here. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of, uh, settling and calming and listening because it's a lot because I I wanted this like adventurous life and this going all over the place and Seth my partner would be like go go get on a plane go 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 somewhere and I was like I don't know that that's what I need like Mm. I don't know that I need to get on a plane and so then I started digging about like why did I love travel what pieces of it did I need and it was connection novelty and learning boom Mm. so hmm, which one of those things do you get when COVID happens (laughs) so as soon as I realized what I needed it was like boom 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 so you can uh learn some things so I I just love about what you said because this is straight up what I work on with so many of my coaching clients and they like start with like I want to eat more kale and you're like "Uh uh-huh and mm-hmm. we, we forget we to like step way back and go like, here's what I want. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. And it's like, wait a minute. What about this is what I'm looking for? And mm-hmm. or like when we're frustrated with our partner or kids and it's like sometimes when we pause and step back, then we can go, oh, this is what I need and this is what I'm craving. And totally. there's a lot of different ways, except for during COVID, to meet those needs. Yeah. And there's also yeah. this shift from like this ideal life we think we want. And then mm-hmm. we start to have this family, whether you're married or partnered or kids or not, that then you have to include what other people think and their needs. Oh, I know. That's the most complicated part. Because you're like, I was really digging what was going on, but you don't want to live in a van with our family. Oh, can I, do we, 
can I say the D word? You can say whatever fucking words you want. <laughs> oh, good. All right, this, this isn't is like a mommy podcast where you have your kids listen in the background. This is where you make sure you have your headphones on. Not for, yeah, no. So I, yeah, you have to consider your partners. That's definitely something that is challenging. But obviously that's that's the whole thing is you guys compromise and figure out what works for both of you. And you just love doing it and it makes you closer and stuff. And I don't know that I love doing it. I think one of my favorite <laughs> things about my partner is like sometimes I say to him like, I just don't want to have to consider your needs. <laughs> I just want to be like, I just want what I want sometimes. Like I just remember when we got to just like go to the gym for three hours and sauna yeah. and scrub and brunch afterwards. And he's like, yeah, I really miss that too. And so, you know, I think what I thought of when you said that is I, sometimes you, or maybe just I did, you get caught up in this prescription for life, especially as a woman. Like, here's what you will do and in this order, and this is what you will want. So, you know, you get married to a man, you have a baby, you let go of yourself, your needs, your wants, you have a beautiful home, and then it's okay because you have a beautiful home and it has to be this size, you know, and you have to like, I don't know, be fit, but not too fit, right? You can't take too right. good care of yourself <laughs> and be sexy, but like don't talk about sex or your wants or needs or <laughs> orgasm or you can't have a vibrator because, oh, like we might <laughs> offend someone's masculinity because you can only be partnered with a man. Right. And it's super interesting to, like, I feel like I'm just, again, taking this step back and going, but what do you and I want and need? And our children mess it up a little bit because there's so many of them and they don't necessarily align with what <laughs> we want. they're needy. I, they are. Yeah. They don't change that. Yeah, they um, need a lot. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fascinating, like, with my partner and I, and I'm like, one of my goals is that we don't live here all the time. And that's not one of his. And he's like, I mean, I'm okay if you go for a few months here. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> so why... You know, right. I like it's just so interesting to take the pres the prescription away. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I have always loved about Seth and my relationship is that from the beginning, we're like, we have not done this the conventional way at all. Like our sixth date was in Ireland. <laughs> so we met on Bumble and I was like, well, I'm on a trip. So I'm leaving again. Bye. So I came back a month later. He's like, all right, do you want to like meet up? And I was like, well, I'm going to leave again. So it just doesn't really seem worth it. And he's like, get over yourself. We can meet for a drink. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Just don't want you to like fall in love with me. And then I have to leave again. And so Hello, we met my ego. <laughs> I'll be leaving soon. No. So then we met up for a date and we hung out for like the two or three weeks that I was home. And then I was off to Greece and I was out in Greece and then I extended my trip and I was gone for three months. And I was like, I think I'm going to stop off in Ireland on my way home. And he's like, I am Irish. And I was like, neat. <laughs> he was like, I, I can meet you there. Awkward so he got silence. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds okay. Fun. So he like got his passport and we met in Ireland, went around Ireland in a camper van, like talk about knowing someone for a minute and then be like, can you look the other way while I wipe my hot spots with this yeah. baby wipe? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. So, and then we came home and I was like gone traveling and it was long distance and it was just, he would come visit me for just the weekend or whatever. And so we did things that were, people were like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, having a great time. What do you mean? And so we just got to like make all the decisions for our relationship and for our, how we did things exactly as we wanted because that's just what we did. And so even now it's like, okay, what do we want? And we're constantly talking about like, how long do we want to be here? Do we want to go live somewhere else? Or do we want to stay here? Do we want to, and just like trying to figure it out and sort of trying to break those, what do you call them? Prescriptions? Yeah. Sure. Let's call them that. Is that not, what do you call them? I already forgot. <laughs> Yeah, okay. It was probably that. I think it is, though. Like, there is this prescribed notion of the life you should leave and have and want, and especially as, like, a straight white woman. And, I mean, that's the only experience I've had in life. But it is and, – and then you – I have a great family. But then people – you know, when we um, we moved a couple blocks and we downsized houses, and people did it out of care and Why concern. Would you do that? 
but they wow. were like, well, it won't last very long. Or that's like a cute oh. idea. But when your kids get older and like kind of that look of like, huh. And then every time we'd be like, oh, we're moving. They're like, yeah, you need more space. And we're like, we need less. We need less space. And it was fascinating to watch everyone struggle to wrap their head around this right. idea that we could purposefully move into a smaller space. But it was a really great experience to come back to that change of this is my partner and this is the person that I check in with. And if we're right. both okay with it, yep. then again, it doesn't matter what all those other voices and noise say but to be grounded in, in each other in that decision, which absolutely there's usually a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I, I think just to be on the same page as your partner is super important. That's like, this is my engagement ring. It's, oh, oh, there's not a diamond on there. Are you, well, that's okay. You can get one. You'll like, get one later. When you actually get married. Yeah. yeah. Or like on your fifth anniversary, you'll get, you'll get one. I'm like, right. I actually, this is exactly what I wanted. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll get, you'll get one. You can always add something to it. I'm like, yo, this is what I asked for. And even Seth was like, I want to get you something nice. So, and I, I got on Etsy and I found this like cute little sun ring. And I'm like, but I mean, this is what I would get. And somebody's like, but that diamond's not, I mean, it's just kind of like a really small diamond. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is what I want. Right. I don't want anything that's like, and like, if you do great, if you want nothing great, if you want a tattoo, great, you do you girl, like I, or guy or whoever, I don't care, but this is just what I want. And I'm not doing it because we are poor. I'm not doing it because I'm like, this is just what I want. And so, yeah, exactly what you said. It's like, it's okay that people don't do things that you think they're supposed to do. Well, and and it's okay for you to change your mind because I think that's another thing right. too. Like we picked this house because we thought this is what we wanted. And then we tried it on for size and went, wow, this really doesn't work for us. So we picked again and then we bought a smaller house and it was like, if it doesn't work, guess what? We'll right. try again. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes I think we we get so far down a path that we forget we can go left we can go right, we can sit down and take a nap, or we could turn around and go backwards. Like we are yeah. of privilege, of choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like choose again. No. I agree. Yeah. Um, do you hear beeping? No. Do, do you hear beeping? Should we be I concerned? I do hear beeping. <laughs> no, I'm not concerned, but this mic picks up everything. So I want to go turn off the beeping just so it's not in the thing. I don't hear anything, but if it bothers you, you can. It's not bothered. I just think it might, I just don't want to, I just, I'll be right back. Really fast. Monitor, the camera's been disconnected. Okay. <laughs> little, little break, intermission. In this commercial break, baby monitor right? by Shayla. So I, so again, it's, you know, now that you're a mother, no one has any opinions about you and your mothering. Oh my so how goodness. has your transition been? You know, it's very interesting talking to you because you have a little person and now I feel so old or just like out of this stage as far as it's, you know, it's just amazing the things oh. you forget or transition out of, of this new mother phase, but it's, I guess it's like longer than you, you think it is. I think both like... That was a lot of words to not ask anything. What I'm yeah. trying to ask is like, <laughs> what was your idea of motherhood? And now that you've stepped into it, huh? <laughs> so I say this, I'm gonna start with, Seth is an excellent partner and father, period. I thought it would be a little more 50-50, but I didn't realize that Seth's boobs don't produce milk. And I didn't realize that my baby wouldn't take a bottle. And I didn't realize that staying home and working from home meant working during nap time and bedtime and hoping she doesn't wake up. And so I think I've, and Seth is like, you've always been a have your cake and eat it too person. I'm like, I want to stay home with her, but I need like time to myself or something. Or like, I like nursing her to sleep. But she nurses to sleep every time. And he's like, what? <laughs> he just, 
created this and I love that I've created it. But then sometimes I'm like, can I just check out for a sec? Like I just need a minute. And he's really good about giving me minutes. In fact, he wants to give me more minutes than I want to take. I do think what, you know, what's so fascinating to me about what you said is the, that the lack of postpartum support, I think that's something on the other side of this motherhood thing that I look back on and really just breaks my heart of everybody's looking to you to be an advocate for yourself when you've had a parasite living in you for 40 Mm -hmm. minutes, sucking the nutrients from your brain, your bones, your body. (laughs) Um, and I like, I, I love my children. Um, but I mean, I just physically, no one talks about the fact that they really are there, you know, the baby brain and things like that. And how much time it takes you to recover from that. And then you give birth, whether via C-section or a vaginal birth or however this baby enters the world. So you've physically gone through something. And then at the six week checkup, they go like, great. Are you going to jump off the bridge? You're not bleeding. Get out. Like, good for you. Woohoo. You're good. And now you can give your body to someone else. Right. Check- like go, you're ready to go. And there's no PT or follow-up or health coaching or psycho, you know, like seeing a therapist. And so there's no one that is an advocate as much for the mother. And so people kind of look at you to say what you need when your brain is unavailable. Yeah, And so it's amazing to me that it's like, it does take you know, a year to even get, not even to a baseline, but to start bringing your brain back online. And by that Mm -hmm. time, you've created these routines that are ingrained. (laughs) And if you breastfeed like that, that happens a lot. Like I have gotten up with three children for a year and a half each, every night, all, you know, all these things. Well, (laughs) what happens at a year and a half? How many do I have? No, what happens at a year and a half? Oh, I stopped breastfeeding. Oh, but it's like, hmm. but it's take. So now my oldest is eight. So I think it was last year when like my body fell apart that I finally said, I'm done getting up with the kids. But that took seven years. Right. Because our guilt baby too, was like, one. I mean, yeah. And so you get oh. into these grooves of like, yeah, they rely on me more emotionally because I've gotten up every night for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah. getting up. <laughs> I know. I know. And that was the thing. We night weaned Aaliyah. So I still nurse her to sleep. But then once she's asleep, she doesn't nurse until the morning time, which has been great because guess what? Seth gets to go in and take care of her or I. So we've decided like this night's your night. I get to zero in on what I need to zero in on. And anything that happens is with you. If she's crying hysterically, she did that for me too at one point you guys are going to figure it out. And then when it's my night, it's vice versa. And like, you just figure it out. But that has been really liberating to be like, okay, I have the actual night off. And you don't have to do it all. I think it's interesting to me too. um, Women of all ages take on this emotional burden, the grocery shopping, the, and again, I have a great partner too. Great. I really do like, and and I think the pandemic has literally just like blown up my paradigm of, of these ideas of like, I thought, I mean, I, we chose this partnership, we built it, we created it. And yet I take the kids to almost every doctor's appointment. My daughter's had health issues. I've held her down while she screamed 95% of the time, like, I show up for our parents. I do all, I fa- I'm going to write a thank you note and pick up wine for our daycare provider this afternoon. Like all these right. things that we do. Yep. And then we're tired and wonder why we don't have more willpower and are eating Doritos in bed. <laughs> right. But also, because it's the same, but then you're like, oh, would you not want to do any of those things? No. Like, I feel like most of the time you're like, I want to be there for the doctor's appointments. I want to be there to comfort her, even though you're holding her down while she's screaming. Or I want to be the one that's doing all, like, that's how I feel at least where I'm just yeah. like, I want to be the one that she, I comfort her in the middle of the night, or I want to be the one, but then doing it all the time is very exhausting. But then that's it. You create those habits to like constantly be there for, to support them. And then they look for you even when you're tired or even when you whatever. And you're yeah, like, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that's changed as I've gotten out of it more is I married this person cause he's a pretty great guy. So I think it's also important that my children Right. that's who they lean on as well. And I don't want them ever to look at me. Um, 
I don't ever want it to be at the cost of me. Like at the end of this thing called parenthood, my children will hopefully leave. And I want to be around still when they're there physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so I think that being the one and all for everyone and everything isn't sustainable for 18 to 25 years. And so it's it's looking at those things of like, you know, yes, I want to tuck my kids in, but five out of seven nights a week, it's good. He, Josh can sing and do back scratches also. (laughs) Right. Or whatever he wants to do to put him to sleep. That's my thing too. I'm like, I don't know why you pat her on the butt. And he's like, well, sometimes she's gassy. And I'm like, oh. Like, I don't need to be here. You do you. Yeah. You do you. You figure it out. Well, that's an interesting, that's really interesting. That's like, I chose this person because they're a great person. I want my children to know that they're a great person. I want them to have a good relationship with them and not just me taking up so much space that there's no longer space for them. And part of that's Hmm. a trick of nature, right? Like you have a baby, you're literally hormonal and chemically bound to this child, which is a great thing, but it's also a bit of a trick that you get so overly attached. And then if you breastfeed, it's a wonderful thing, but most of us choose our partners because we like them. <laughs> and they actually have skills that they might be better at than us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you forget it in the moment sometimes. <laughs> like, well, you didn't do it this way. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a wild, wild thing. I would be curious about what you have noticed culturally traveling abroad that you have either, you know, maybe struggled with now that you are in Minnesota and in one spot. Because when I had my first baby, I was in Denver and I was really surprised some of the differences to moving to Minneapolis. Hmm. Well, I was just thinking that because a lot of, I've been reading a lot of books, mostly from an American's perspective, living abroad. So Hmm. in France or this one woman like went to a couple different places in the world to watch how they put their kids to sleep and to watch how they like just navigated normal life. And it's really interesting. And what I, the big takeaway that I've gotten from it is that you're not going to really mess them up too badly. As long as you're like doing stuff with love and you're the obvious things, like, because the way people do things differently around the world is vast. Like it is crazy how different things are. And so I remember I went to Arizona and I was like, she's missing her nap. I started a hike when she's supposed to be napping. This is the worst thing ever. And I was literally just stressed the whole time because her naps were off. She wasn't eating, but like she wasn't really hungry, but she wasn't eating, but she was. And like, then I'm reading this book and they say, oh, we were surprised in Argentina that they kept the infants up till 2 a.m. on holiday. And I was like, what? What kind of a nap schedule is that? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I wish I'd read this before Arizona. So it just is like a deep breath of like, woo. And like, I mean, in I'm in the Instagram space and it's, there's so much, there's so many rules and hard and fast rules of like wake windows and sleepy cues. And then and, and some of those are very valuable but I'm not a type A person and it probably works really well for type A people, but like it stressed me out so much. Cause some of it was like, let them cry for two minutes, then go in there and put your hand on them for two minutes. Then after two minutes, then start shushing them. Then after two minutes, turn up the sound machine. Then after two. And like, so for 30 minutes, the baby's still crying. Now you can hold them, but don't nurse them because that's the worst thing. And like, there's just so much, so then you just question everything. And so reading that has been really helpful to just be like, okay, this is what's working for us. Like nursing to sleep, nursing all night long, co-sleeping, all of those things until it doesn't work. So at when she was 13 months, I was like, yo, I still have not got my period. I'd like to potentially, I'd like to have the opportunity to try for a second if we want to do that. And maybe she'll sleep a little longer. So it was no longer working for us. So we night winged. Like, but for the first 13 months, it was great, you know? So I think I, I think it's just- that's one of the things about social media. On one hand, I love it because if you don't have a tribe within your immediate totally. circle, you can find a tribe. You can be inspired when you're feeling sad or grief. You can find a support in that way. And what I hate about it is we spend so much time searching outside of ourselves for this answer to a, a problem 
kind of with this idea that like someone has it outside of us. Absolutely. And that's like, that's especially in like the health and wellness space. And as a mother, like I found myself, there was this blonde at a beach with her four children in a bikini surfing, serving smoothie bowls in a coconut. And I was like, my life has no meaning. I don't have coconut <laughs> bowl smoothies. What am I doing wrong? And then I was like, I don't live uh, by the beach. Yeah. There's no fucking coconuts in my kitchen. <laughs> Who cares? And so it's this interesting game of, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves as a mother and there's usually more than one member of a family and it's you, your partner and the child. And then if you have more children, it's a balance of all these needs. And again, when you get quiet, I think I always loved when people are like, how long are you going to nurse? And you're like, until I'm done. And there was this weird moment in time where it was like, my daughter took my boob and was like, what are you putting this in my mouth for? gross really yeah like at 13 months i'm like no we're we're breastfeeding until 18 months and she was like no it's like she literally like i put bad taste in her mouth she and she was done and then so that's the other part of this too is we have all these great i like i think that's the thing with experience of more than one kid i have a lot of great ideas and then my kid like my son at i think like nine months was like i'm not drinking milk anymore of any kind you're like, well, that's that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but- it, so, I mean, like, there's so many things that you're along for the ride to get back to yeah. trusting your intuit. Like, not, I love social media, but going back to, like, I'm going to try this out. It's just a tool in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work? Yeah. Great. If it doesn't, it doesn't mean something about me. Okay. Not a terrible person or a terrible mother. I just don't right. like coconut bowls or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's really hard in Minnesota. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. I think, and I do think that there's, I mean, you do have more wisdom with more kids. Cause I am already feeling like, okay, if we did this again with baby number two, I think we would do it better. Cause I wouldn't be so stressed out about it. And I have the knowledge of what all this stuff. And then people are like, but your second baby will be their own new baby. You're not going to do your first baby over again. You're going to do your second baby for the first time. So that'll have its own challenges, but yeah, it is. I, I have definitely found myself Googling things that if I just kind of like paused for a second and asked myself, I would come up with an answer that would work just fine, <laughs> but you just get in the habit of like looking for it externally. Yeah, well, I, we're taught to though, right? Because marketing says what you need is this product, what you need is this pill, that you need this solution. So we're pushed mm-hmm. to that all the time, right? Here, or like what you need. You don't even know what you need, but it's this. And it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I needed that. And you want to be a good mother. Like I think during COVID, I made a $500 science kit purchase that's in the box because I was like, I'm homeschooling now. We need a yep. science kit because I can't do science. Like. My kids are going to get behind. It's in the box in the basement. It was $500. (laughs) Like panic mode. Right. But you're just trying to do, yeah, you're just trying to do the best for your family that you can. And that's, it's, it's gnarly. So yeah, I don't even know what else to say about that. What, what would you like, what do you wish someone would have told you for, cause now you're entering your second year. So what do you wish someone would have told you, whether it's about birth or delivery or taking care of yourself about that first year having a baby that you're like, why did nobody tell me this? I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause I feel like I had information overload. So I kind of knew a lot of things. I do remember it's a hard balance between, cause even like for me telling other people, it's a hard balance between not being negative and being realistic. Cause I remember Seth and I were just pissed. We're like, why does everyone keep saying, Oh, your life's going to change so much. Oh, good. Oh, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be, we're like, they're, be- they're all being so negative. We're just so excited about this. And it's just, it can't like, it's going to be so hard. We're like, Oh, I wish everybody, I wish somebody would just say something positive. So it does change your life and it is really hard. And so how do you navigate trying to prepare someone and not being negative, right? Yeah, I think I find I have to work really hard to not give advice and say something like, I'm happy to answer any questions for you that you have with my perspective. 
And then I work really hard to follow up with people like eight weeks after they have a baby and continuously that first year. Because I think that's what drove me nuts is everyone cares about the baby. And then six weeks later, you're like, where is everybody? I haven't eaten all week or changed my clothes and showered. And so that like, I still remember one friend was like, I had too much breakfast. Can I drop it off on your front door? You don't even need to talk to me. I'll put a fresh egg on it. And you're like, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And that's, but that is one nice thing that you can like gift someone DoorDash now, or you can like DoorDash someone a Jimmy John sub or something like so basic. Or I just went to visit a new friend and I was like, She's like, all right, well, we've got some food here. I was like, no, no, I'm stopping at whatever. What do you want? And she's like, oh my gosh, a number five. I'm like, okay, great. And just that support, you're absolutely right, is like following up and just being the support that you needed. And food is huge. Food Food. is Don't come without food and don't stay longer than 49 minutes. Leave. (laughs) I need a nap. Yes. Or stay while I nap and do something. Yeah. Like my toilet's right there. The kitchen's right there. I'm going to take a nap. You do you. Baby cries, don't wake me. No, no. Absolutely. I find, yeah, always food. Always food. I find that hilarious when people don't do that. (laughs) Like, wait, what? Yeah. Well, but here's the thing is before you're a mom, you have no idea. I had no idea. I would show up to people's houses and I was probably, I mean, I don't know if I actually show up. I don't really know anybody that had kids, whatever. But like, I would just show up and be like, oh, hey, oh, you're doing, oh, no problem. I'll just sit here. Like, I didn't know anything. And now that I've done it, I'm like, yo, first of all, sorry to anyone that I did that to. Second of all, never again. If I'm coming to your house, I will like do something to help. Don't tell me no. Then I'll do it without you. Like, I'll load my sister's dishwasher. She's got a five-year-old, so it's not even the same. But like, but it I'll just is, like. Because she still has a five-year-old. <laughs> You're That's still true. tired. What they do yes. unloading the dishwasher. Right. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Just I'm we're chatting. I'll just like put Unload these in it. here. She's like, thanks. Thank yeah, you. but that's yeah. I think that that's huge. It's just helping. But so kind of like what when one hit was when I kind of like had I got to take a deep breath. I don't know what it was, like 11 or 12 months. I was like, okay, we kind of have a system here. You're not going through these huge leaps like you were. You're, you've done a few regressions. Like you get curveballs thrown to the first year of just like, all right, we've got a system. We had a system. Now it's on its head. And so like at one thing start to level off, you still get, I mean, they're children. So it just is all over the place all the time. But I was like, okay, ooh, all right. I feel like we can get back to things. So now I'm trying to figure out like what, I need what is that because I was doing videos every single Wednesday while that went out the window as soon as she was born because like I don't think I came back for like three months and I didn't feel bad about it at all but then once I did it was like ah two videos this month one video oh four videos this month okay you're you're on it or whatever and so now just trying to think of like what do I want moving forward and I've had to learn that I really enjoy the work that I do and I enjoy and connecting and learning and all those things. And I can't do it on naps and bedtime. So we hired a babysitter. And so she literally comes here while I'm here. She would just went, she left just now. She's like, well, if you're recording, then I'll just leave. I was like, great. So she comes three days a week. That time is incredible. And then um, Seth has a wonky schedule. So he's like on three, off three. So when he's off, I'm like, so do we need the babysitter on the days that you're off? And he's like, yeah, then I can have my own time too. And I was like, oh, that's smart, I guess. Cool. So extending that time and then podcasts, like I've, I'm doing this podcast with you. I've done a couple of podcasts with other people. And when I'm done, holy smokes, I am fired up. I'm so excited. I'm just like, I'll call Seth. I'll be like, I just did this podcast and it was so much fun. And I had it. And I'm like, maybe I need to do that. Like making videos and creating content is great, but sitting in a room by myself, talking to a camera is different than having a conversation with somebody learning, sharing that knowledge. Like, and so, I mean, why not add another thing, you know? 
So just like, but it's the same thing. It's that connection. It's that learning and the novelty. Yes. Yes. And you know yourself. I think it takes though that first year to recover. And I remember someone telling me, you know, it takes 40 weeks to make a baby. It takes 40 weeks. And I was like, well, that's horseshit. I will take six weeks. So instead I took six years. So that worked out real well. Um, but it's so, like, I do think it takes that year to begin to start to put the pieces together. And then I don't, you know, now again, like my kids are a little older than that, but we, our family has gone through so many cycles of shifts and changes and upheavals that you get hopefully really good at riding those waves of life because there is no, it doesn't stay the same for very long. <laughs> so you have to appreciate while it lasts and then get ready to ride the next wave. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me. I love that what you just said too about like you hired a sitter even though you were home. And I think a lot of women who work part-time or even full-time or have these side passions feel a lot of guilt for, I don't know who's putting this on us, but they do about asking for help or support or taking up from some friggin' space in their own life or making it even just a little easier or doing it because it brings you energy and excitement and pleasure. Like when... Did we stop enjoying our lives and taking it so seriously? Yes. Uh, and so for me, it literally is food. I was like, Seth, if you could do one thing, can you just make meals? And he's like, yeah. And then he didn't because he doesn't really like cooking. And he doesn't really, he grocery shops all the time and we get snacks all, all the time. But like, he's just, he's, I was the cook. I was the person that made us healthy, delicious meals. I don't have the capacity anymore. And so God bless Seth. But I was like, okay, fine. It's not working. That's okay. How can we make it work though? Because we need to eat and we need to eat well for us to, because we're eat big health all the and time. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. <laughs> like lots of times a day. Yeah. So I, I'm doing a meal service again. Like when she was first born, we got food that was like ready-made, you warm it up, done. And I've tried like the HelloFresh and Green Chef and Purple Carrot and all, and, and I'm just cycling through them all, trying to figure out which ones I like. They, it got delivered today and I was like, I've got lunch. This is fantastic. And I sat and I looked through my bank records of like how much I'm spending on groceries, minimum $1,000 a month. What? So then when they're, I'm looking at these things and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's $130 a month or a week, $130 a week. I can't believe that. And then I did my bank statements and I was like, I'm going to save money. If I get people to deliver food to my door, perfectly portioned, like I can make this food. And so I think figuring out your thing, like, I don't mind vacuuming. I don't mind cleaning. I don't mind if things are a little messy. So some people get house cleaners. Some people have their house deep cleaned once a month just for their own sanity. Mine is food, food and a babysitter. Yeah. And I think, again, what's so brilliant about that is recognizing those chronic problems that you have, and then you don't have to do it all and you can't. So right. picking where can your partner pick up the slack, P- picking where do you need to train your children to be responsible human beings? Where do you <laughs> hire the help for someone to do it for you. And when you realize that it's so like, there's something about that at first, like one of mine is I could, didn't eat. And then I would order food almost every day at three o'clock, shove my face. I didn't taste it because I don't even know what I ate, but it was always, of course, like something quick and bready and cheesy. Cause you're like, well, that sounds good. Right. And so then I ordered like this and the two, you felt bad cause I'm a holistic health coach. So therefore I have all my shit together in every area of my life obviously all the time Mm -hmm. um and it was just like oh this is a chronic problem i ordered daily harvest for a month because i couldn't think about how to make a smoothie i was shot so turns out you do it for like a month you feel better and you're like oh now i remember how to make a smoothie i can kind of do this on my own it's just a season of life and giving yourself permission to like make it easier and taste better and more enjoyable yes 100% 100% I agree <laughs> and it's not uh, like it's your so- answer isn't the same so if I tell you my thing you that might not work for you and that's okay right? yeah but it's the mental capacity to figure out what the problem is that's the first step that's really challenging a lot of the times and I think figuring out what it is like Seth 
doesn't like cooking, fine. That doesn't make him a bad partner. I'm not cooking either. That doesn't make me a bad partner. But we still need I to will, eat. We still need to eat. I will unload and load the dishwasher, no problem. He does laundry, no problem. I would much rather do the dishes. He would much rather do the laundry. So figuring out like which pieces your partner hates and then going, oh, I actually, I can take that on because I don't, that doesn't bother me at all. Done. Just having that conversation of like, what do we both hate? Okay, we need to work on that together. What do we, what would you prefer to do? And just like trying to figure out and delegate. And do I still do laundry? Yeah. Does he still do dishes? Yeah. <laughs> we still have a functioning household most of the time. Yeah. There is a and, fantastic book called Overwhelmed. And it's a few years old now. But one of the brilliant things she said, she talks about the history of gender discrepancies and our roles and how they're not beneficial to anybody. Not men, not women, not children, not families, not our work system, but we're trapped in this prescription. Uh, But one of the things she talks about is like taking that step back and looking at all the pieces with your partner, no matter how long you've been together and going, what do you like? What do you not like? Like, what's a good night to do this on? Like for my partner, he's like, I am shot on Friday. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to listen to you. I just want to put a podcast in and sit down and have a beer. And you're like, then we should stop trying to have date night on Friday. Like, that doesn't work. That's a great night for me to go out with a friend because I want to get out of the house. And so that's such a brilliant suggestion because I think in relationships, they're like, we just did this as a couple. We needed to reassess our whole, like, our whole system as a family because what once worked isn't working anymore. And you're going to have to do that again and again. But I think we get caught up in the trap and forget to reassess and go like, what do I like doing? What do I not like doing? Well, tell me more. What does that look like? What do you mean? What are you reassessing? If you don't care that I'm asking that. No. um, I think for us it was, so usually I make changes when life gets so painful that I can't ignore it anymore. Um, Which is, again, like, you become what you need in life. Like I became a health coach because it's what I needed when my daughter was born and my body fell apart and nobody did a goddamn thing about it and was like, oh, it's probably scary that you've left the stove on six times this week. Really? You think my sleep deprivation's a problem? Yeah. <laughs> like nobody did anything. And and so that I, um, so for us, it was like, I had, like I still have like I have zits everywhere because my skin's freaking out, which is my sign I'm so stressed that mm. it's too much for me. And so yeah. my daughter's had health issues and we finally figured out she's celiac and we're finally getting her like on track and stuff. But I was like, I can't take the kids to every doctor appointment. I can't be here alone and pick up the kids from four to six when they all yell at me while trying to make dinner. <laughs> you have to pick up the kids sometimes from school. We have three of them. You know, so I think it's just taking that step back of like, and I make dinner every night, which because he hates to cook. And it's like, oh, we have snack every day for dinner on Friday. It's cut up vegetables and a thing of hummus. That's dinner. Yeah. So just, I think, pausing and having a conversation without three other voices (laughs) screaming in the background so you can listen to each other. Totally. And in a non... um, defensive and accusatory way just like hey this is what I need are we able to come to some conclusion because because that can get defensive for you like for me to tell Seth why aren't you cooking dinner why aren't you like instead I'm like okay neither one of us can handle this we're doing this and I think people just get you do get to I get defensive if Seth says says something like oh yeah well there's crumbs on the floor because I've been feeding her three meals today what you know what I mean and it, it can get very heated very quickly where if you are just kind of like yo we need to like assess some things this isn't really working and I think it's about their approach a lot of the time but if you can do that and you and your partner are like okay cool Fridays you don't want to talk to me great I can do this and Seth just had that conversation I was talking to him it was late at night and I was like okay should we plan this trip the next day he's like Shay I like before bedtime are not the time that I want my mind to be racing I can't I can't so maybe like in the morning or like midday. And I was like, but not first thing in the morning, right? He's like, right, not first thing in the morning. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. I'll let you wake up a little bit and then I will, and then I'll present you something. And that's sometimes so challenging for me because I'm like, come on, it's just a conversation. And he's like, if you want the best results, we got to go with how my brain's working. And I'm like, okay, 
Well, I think it's amazing that we're not taught to be in partnership and yet we're expected to be in it for life. And there's simply some tools. That just blew. (laughs) That's like, yeah, absolutely. it's, it's, It's funny to me that, you know, there's images in media and movies where it's like fall in love. It's the romance. It's the sex. It's the cheating and the fighting. But I actually think a lot of relationships are super the moments are uneventful and and learning to communicate with each other like you just said when you are in the space to communicate and it's not about like our recent conversation was like this isn't a criticism of you this is I'm shot and exhausted I need support and help and we need to figure it out because we're a team how we can care for me so what, where can you wiggle? Where can I shift? How do we do this together? But you're not like, even I think of marriage counseling, couples therapy, you know, that's still not a thing that people, you know, we talk to our girlfriends over wine, but it's like you go to a coach to learn how to train better. You go to yoga class because they're better at yoga. There's, you go to your PT specialist because they know about your pelvic floor. And if you haven't, you should. <laughs> but like having a marriage counselor means like, right. oh shit, we're in crisis. Instead of just right. like, hey, I need a coach. Nobody trains you on this shit. I agree, yeah. And and we've done it and for us, they were like, okay, we need to work with you individually first. And so instead of like, we're gonna work this out together, it's like, Shayla, you've got your stuff that you need to work on. Seth, you've got your stuff to work on and we can come together occasionally. And that has, that, transformed me like I was able instead of just like drinking wine with my friends to like oh I'm I'm, me too it's like hmm it sounds like you get a little defensive when stuff like that happens why do you think that happens I'm not defensive yeah I don't get defensive though so I don't know what you mean but I I agree agree yeah I think that's like kind of glamorized though right like complaining to your friends and straight up those are very valuable conversations but some of this is so brilliant about what you said. Most often it's cleaning up your own side of the street first and then being able to know and recognize what you need and clearly communicate it and asking for it. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's spot on. Yeah. I think it's amazing too that I I just like with some friends, sometimes you're like, well, did you ask for that? No. Well, that would he would say no. He would. That, say, I already know. He would say no. That's probably like, the first step. <laughs> yeah. Or exactly. again, putting it on yourself. You have to do the work to figure out what you need. Yes. Absolutely. Because it's easier to I blame agree. it on someone else versus like, like this travel. Like, but what do I need from that? What am I getting from it? What am I craving? What am I missing? No one else can answer that for you. Right. You have to silence. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're coming to an end. And as always, we went exactly where I thought we'd go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good at this. I know exactly. <laughs> Which is always the best part. So I, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you wish I would have? No, I feel like we, <sighs> no, this felt like drinking wine with a girlfriend. Like it was perfect to just chat about all the things. Well, and I think, um, you know, I'm outside of this new mother space, and but I do love having these conversations because we need more women who love their children, love their partners, and are good at it and so wonderful at it, but also having honest conversations. Because nice. there are times where I don't really want to be a mom. I don't want to wipe anyone else's ass. You know, I just want to pee with the door shut or, like, have sex without a kid banging on the door. You know, it's just, like, you both can be true. You can both not want to be partnered and love your partner so much or this was yes I just did a video on this and like I heard this on social media but it was like loving and of motherhood this is really hard and I wouldn't change a thing or this is like really getting to me and I love my children not but but to just be like it's all the things and it's all okay yes and you're not alone and you don't have to do it alone like I don't know where that we just had to take on so much. There's so there's so many ways to get, whether it's a health coach or a marriage therapist or a friend or a sitter or a meal service. Like, you don't have to do this alone. 
different. Mm. Uh, you have a podcast coming out. Yes. Do you have a name for it? It's just Hey Shayla. We are keeping this simple. Hey Shayla's everything. Hey Shayla's Instagram, hey Shayla. YouTube, HeyShayla.com. Hey Shayla. We're not doing a different Instagram account. It is all Who has under time the for that? Nobody has time for that. Nobody needs to learn another thing. That's right. Hey, it's Shayla. just where you're at. So you just told us where you're at and all that good stuff. Um, I like to end with a, oh, your YouTube course. That was the other thing. Yes. So uh, along with all of this, so I've been doing YouTube since 2015 and I love learning, but mm. I also love teaching. I think it's like what I do. I try and entertain. I try and take these like crazy ideas and simplify them so people can understand. But I've learned so much from YouTube that I am, I have, I created a course before I'm revamping it and putting it out again because I just hit a hundred thousand on YouTube. Woo! So I feel like from the beginning, right? <laughs> this is it. Yeah. So I feel like if I can help other people that want to do YouTube or start a channel or are just interested in learning about it, that's coming out this fall as well. Once I get it all revamped. Now that you have a sitter. And not during nap time. Yeah, so like start a podcast, do a YouTube course, keep everything else going. That's right, all the things. Okay, so my last series of questions are, what pisses you off? Um, judgment. I do not like it when people are judgmental about anything because nobody knows what's going on with anyone else. And I just, I think you need to be able to put yourself Judgment. That's it. That's all I can say about it. Or I'll get fired up. <laughs> what brings you joy? Connection. Connecting with people, connecting with connection and learning and novelty. <laughs> those, are the, those are the three. I like new things because I like to learn new things and get different perspectives on things. Yeah. And I just love talking to people and just encouraging them and whatever they're doing or yeah, just connecting with people. What is a hard life lesson you've had to learn this year or just in general? <laughs> Can I say compromise? <laughs> I think that's not a life lesson I've learned this year, but I've definitely had to practice it a lot more this year. Um, that's such a silly answer. Tough left life. that's what it's going to be. It's going to be compromised. Cause when I was traveling full time, I didn't have to think of anyone else. And that's so selfish, but I was loving it. <laughs> and so now I have to consider my daughter's needs and Seth's needs and my own needs and how they all work together. I always think it's fascinating too, that like my partner and I joke, like we have one hour, but I have 10 needs that need to get met. Like I need my alone time. I need social time. I need to work out. I'd like to connect to you as a couple one-on-one -on -one time with each of my three kids, clean out the fridge. And you're like, but you get one. And so I find it very, I'm learning to be more and more cutthroat about like, okay, what are my top three? Cause I, you have 10 things that need to get done, but you have one hour. Yes, <laughs> what, that... what is the thing that like the biggest bang for your buck? Uh, what was, uh, the last time you were proud of yourself? Mm, I think it's recently just like getting in the swing of doing things that I need to do for me. And so starting this podcast, I'm excited. I'm, I'm hiring someone to set everything up. Yeah. Is the only way that I could get it done because I, I've thought about starting a podcast before and I'm like, that's a, what? That's like a new platform. There's things where you put on one and it goes to all the podcast platforms. I was like, I can't. So he's like, oh, I know somebody that does that. And I was like, send them my way. And so he's helping, he's setting it all up. And he's, um, for the first three months, I'm just sending him the recording and he's doing everything. So I think that's kind of something that I'm proud of that I am able, not only financially, but I'm in a headspace to be like, I need to hire this out where because as a scrappy traveler, you did everything. You, I'm not going to pay anyone else to do anything. This is a budge. And so for the first time, I'm like, okay, yeah, it might be tight, but like, that's going to help. I won't, I, I can do it. I can start now if I have the help. 
Yeah. I think there's something about like, I can do everything, but why would I want to? Right. And at what cost? Yes. Like, Absolutely. Sure, I could stay up two or three hours later to do this, this, and this, like, and then I'm tired and then I don't get the things I need to get done. And maybe that comes with age or just exhaustion, but you're just like, yeah, or necessity. Yeah. I can't do all the things. So what are the things that I'm the worst at? Like someday I will love having an assistant to do the fine details. Cause that's not my thing. Like specific times. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was this filled up my cup and overflow. <laughs> my cup is overflowing and I'm just You're so grateful. You're going to be and shaking afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fierce Joy Podcast. So now what? You have to take action. Nothing changes if you don't change something. Take one tiny insight and do something with it today or even better, now. Make it easy obvious, and of course, as enjoyable as possible. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I friggin' love this stuff. You can connect with me on Instagram at Anastasia Galka Health Coach or on my website at AnastasiaGalka.com. If you're feeling stuck or like it's time to make a change, I offer a totally free 30-minute coaching session to get you started. I'd love to hear from you. And hey, if you know someone that this episode would be helpful for, please make sure to share it with a friend and get the word out. Thanks for joining and see you next time.